0: Welcome to the Brand Design Masters podcast, the show dedicated to helping you build the skills you need to design bulletproof brands for yourself, your business, and for the clients and customers you serve. And now, here's Philip.
1: Before we jump into the show, I want to let you know that my signature course, Brand Strategy 101, is now open for enrollment inside the Brand Design Masters Academy. This is a foundational course for creative professionals and entrepreneurs who wanna get started with brand strategy so you can sell bigger projects, increase your fees for the creative work you already do, and get paid for the thinking and advice you've probably been given away for free. The moment you enroll, you get immediate lifetime access to seven modules of training with over eight hours of instructional videos, 25 lessons in all, plus 24 downloadable strategy tools and conversation guides. In Brand Strategy 101, I've taken complex strategic methodologies used by the world's most respected global branding agencies and crafted them into a deceptively simple turnkey process and toolkit that you can use with your clients, even if you've never done brand strategy before or don't know where to start. Brand Strategy 101 draws from my 25 years of experience working with clients ranging from entrepreneurs to small to medium-sized businesses all the way up to the Fortune 100. So if you're ready to up your game and bulletproof your career and protect your business from the downward pricing pressure of sites like Fiverr and Upwork, then Brand Strategy 101 is the place to start. Just go to philipvandusen.com BS101 and enroll in Brand Strategy 101 today. Again, just go to philipvandusen.com BS101 and enroll now. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Brand Design Masters Podcast. I am Philip Van Dusen, of course, and today I'm super excited because I am here with Janine Hendricks. And Janine is a graphic designer and blogger who's on a mission to show others that in order to become a graphic designer, you don't need a degree. Janine came to this realization through the poster project she completed during the pandemic where she designed and uploaded one poster a day to social media for 365 days. This resulted in a collective following of more than 150,000. Yes, you heard it right. 150,000 on TikTok. And I discovered her when her Poster a Day project was featured on Creative Boom. So with that, I welcome Janine.
0: Yeah, thanks for having me, Philip.
1: (laughs) So Janine, why don't you tell everybody just a little bit about yourself, help them get to know you a little bit better.
0: Well, I was born and raised in Canada. I first kind of came across graphic design when I was in high school. So like when you do those kind of like career like quizzes. And I had no idea what it was, but I kind of just kept it like in my back pocket. And then I ended up going to university for four years after high school. And I still was kind of like unsure about graphic design. So I kind of just took like general stuff. So like I double majored in art and media communications. And by the end of that, I was still kind of thinking about graphic design. And I still just had a desire to do it and like a really strong desire to do it. I didn't wanna like really spend that much more time in school because i just finished in four years. So I kind of just went to Google and I found out about Shillington, which is kind of like a three month camp for graphic design. So that's what I ended up doing. And I lived in New York City for three months, which was kind of like a dream in a way. It's not as nice living there, I guess,
1: I'm a New Yorker, so where'd you live?
0: Yeah, I lived in East Harlem. Like, I had a lot of debt from school and everything, so I didn't have a whole lot of money, obviously, to get, like, a really nice place or anything, and I knew it was only, like, for three months. So, I I found something that was under $1,000. What? That's crazy. This was end of 2019, so... So yeah, I don't know, I guess I kind of got lucky with that. But yeah, it's definitely a different vibe, like living there as opposed to visiting. Because I remember the first time I visited New York City, I don't know, my mind was like blown up, just like the architecture and like, I don't know, just how big it is and everything. So yeah, I ended up doing Shillington, And then after that, I came home, I actually came home with strep throat.
1: Nice. Thank you, New York.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm assuming I got that like on the subway or something like that or I don't know. That's where I think I got it, but like who knows. <laughs> so yeah, uh I came home and then so at this time it was kind of like the very beginning of 2020, so like just before the pandemic and I kind of just started like applying for just any graphic design job. So like the closest big city to me is Toronto, so that's kind of like where I focused. And so I did couple of interviews and I remember I did one, it was at like this real estate agency, like the guy that was interviewing me, he showed me like the design work I'd be doing and it was design work for like, you know, like real estate signs and for real estate agents. And I was kind of thinking like, this is not like that this just looks boring, like no offense. But I obviously didn't say that to him, but I was like thinking that and I was like, eh, not what I want to do. So I was feeling kind of lost and then the pandemic hit. And at the time I was just serving at this restaurant in Niagara Falls and I was kind of just like laid off like everybody else was at the beginning of the pandemic. And I was in quarantine, wasn't doing anything. I was kind of just like playing video games and I like didn't know what to do. And then I came across a video. It was actually from The Future. He was interviewing this guy named Roy Cranston and He did like a 365 day poster thing, like challenge, and he ended up getting this design job in New York city. And that kind of like piqued my interest because I was like, well, like I'm not doing anything. And like, I could maybe like do something similar and like see what comes of it. So literally like the next day I got out my MacBook from 2013 and I started my first poster. So I did a couple of posters on my old MacBook, And eventually, I not too long afterwards, I ended up just like investing in like a really nice computer, like, and dropping like $2,000 on it, because I was like, this is not gonna work. And I don't know, I was just very determined, I knew I was gonna pull it through in a way, I guess. Yeah, so that's kind of how that happened. And then by the end of it, like once I finished the challenge, I didn't really know what to do again, I guess, like I had I got a lot of followers, and I got a lot of attention. And like, I had a lot of people reaching out to me for different opportunities. But I don't know, I kind of I kind of wanted to like pivot, I guess I really got into blogging, or I was really interested in blogging. And that's kind of how I decided that I wanted to actually help other designers like showcase their work and get their name out there. I mean, that was a that was a really long introduction, I guess. But yeah, that's kind of how I got to this point.
1: Yeah, so let's revisit the whole 365 poster a day thing. So you start doing the posters and you're posting them on Instagram. And poster after poster, you started off with few followers, let's say. And then over time, were you using hashtags? Were you getting featured other places? How do you feel like you blew up? Was it the consistency of posting? What do you think was the traction that you got?
0: Yeah, I think when it comes to social media, like it's always like a mix of different things. I was using the hashtags. I used pretty much like the same ones and I just used like a huge block of hashtags because yeah, I did want to try to get that traction. But yeah, I think when it comes to to getting attention, it is a mix so using the hashtags making sure that the posters are really high quality and making sure that like messaging like could resonate with people so for example if i saw something in the news that like really bothered me or I don't know, like, I just had kind of like an emotional reaction towards it, I wouldn't like potentially use that as an idea, because then there's probably going to be other people that also have a similar emotional reaction to it. It's a mix of things. But on Instagram, I did find that it was really slow growth because it's so saturated. I mean, I have seen other accounts, they just they somehow do like really well. But I have also heard like a lot of people say that like it's so oversaturated and it's so hard to grow on there. And that's kind of what I experienced. And so that's kind of when I decided to also make a TikTok as well, just showing like the behind the scenes. So that was kind of like a pivot that I made, I guess, during my 365 day poster challenge. And yeah, on TikTok, it was a completely different story. Like, I don't know, I my first couple of TikToks, like they didn't do so great. Like I was kind of just feeling it out. And then I kind of found like a formula that worked. So I always kind of had the same formula that I used. And then I just kind of swapped obviously like the poster that I was making. And I just kept doing that over and over and over again. And then, yeah, eventually I kind of got like past 150,000 followers on TikTok, which is crazy. I mean, there are other accounts too that have just like, like a crazy amount a follow like millions of followers like it's kind of dangerous because you can like in a way kind of like get famous overnight like there's people that are like tiktok famous and yeah stuff like that right
1: yeah talk about your formula for tiktok what what were you i haven't seen at your tiktok videos so i've seen mostly your instagram stuff so what was your formula and what were you were you showing like screenshots sped up of your designing stuff or what was it
0: yeah so i would design my poster and then afterwards i would go back into the file like into the photoshop file and then i would kind of just retrace my steps and then it would just take small shots of that
1: so like time lapse kind of
0: yeah in a way just kind of i I kind of tried to be like creative with like the angles and everything like kind of like like it seems kind of silly but like i'm in front of my computer and i'm like using my phone to like zoom in and out and like pan around just to make it more interesting but yeah i always had this formula of like me opening photoshop and then kind of showing that i'm using photoshop and then just showing the steps in sequence and then showing like a nice i guess image of the poster itself so that was kind of like the formula that worked the best for me and that's what i stuck with
1: So the inspiration that you were using, you said that you would look at the news, or I wanted to ask you about this one particular poster image I saw just recently that said, Instagram has PMS. And I thought that that was a Mm -hmm. great one. And you do have a lot of kind of pithy, you know, kind of messages in your snarky, I would say, messages in your posters, which obviously do get, you know, kind of visceral reactions from people. And so I wanted to ask you a little bit about like, did you have any method to your madness in doing those posters? Or did you follow any kind of inspiration formula? Or were you literally like whatever struck me that day in terms of imagery? Because you have a huge range of kind of techniques and styles and imagery that you're using.
0: Yeah, I think I'm still kind of like, like, even though I've I've done like more than 365 posters, like I'm still kind of like trying to find my style in a way, like, I don't know, like, and I still I've spent a lot of time in Photoshop doing kind of like these these sort of like typography, like grungy kind of looking posters. But I'm also like, I'm very interested in like 3d. So I'd like to like explore that. Like, I don't know, I'm, I'm kind of like very spread out, I guess, when it comes to like, the type of art that I do. But in terms of inspiration, I would kind of just like take things from my everyday. Like I just write whenever something like stands out to me like no matter what it is like if it's something that somebody says or like a song lyric or just like anything kind of random i would just have like a really long like notes like like i would use my notes app and i I just have like a really really long list of just like random kind of like phrases and things like that and otherwise every day when i would get on my computer I use Pinterest a lot. So I would go on Pinterest, I would go on Behance, I would go on Instagram. So I would would go on other social media platforms and just kind of like save and like collect different pieces of work that I liked and then just kind of pull little bits of that and kind of like incorporate it into my own work. So yeah, there's not, not too much of a method, but yeah, that's essentially what it was in a nutshell.
1: Yeah, it's interesting to hear your process. I think that one of the things that a lot of creatives struggle with is they always feel like something has to be, it has to start with a blank slate, like it has to be completely original, quote unquote. When most creative, it finds its genesis in some sort of inspiration, whether it's you're taking a trend or something that you're seeing that you're really liking, like you were talking about, and doing your own take on it, you know, taking it to the next level. Something I saw on your Instagram feed, which I thought was really interesting, was as I was scrolling through, you know, your 365 posters, I hit upon the numbers and the alphabet you were doing these kind of morphing videos of the entire alphabet and numbers one through nine. Can you talk a little bit about how that started and where that came from?
0: Yeah, it was kind of just another way for me to try to get exposure, I guess, because there's this thing on Instagram called 36 Days of Type. So basically, it happens once every year. And there's just a collection of different designers that were all assigned the same number or letter for 36 days in a row. And then everybody kind of just applies their own kind of like artistic style onto it, and then just shares that on Instagram. And for me, I kind of, like I was saying before, like my style was kind of grungy and like, mostly done in photoshop but i wanted to also explore like after effects and kind of like animation stuff so i decided to kind of like challenge myself in that way with that 36 days of type. so that's kind of how that came about i guess like it's i'm mostly just kind of being curious and i'm i'm kind of trying to let like my inner child out i guess in a way and i'm just trying to be curious and just following my curiosity with whatever style I
1: wanna do. This episode of the Brand Design Masters podcast is sponsored by Bring Your Own Laptop. BYOL.me is a top tier Adobe application video training website featuring Daniel Scott. Daniel's a certified Adobe trainer and keynote speaker at the Adobe Max conference every year. At BYOL.me forward slash Philip, you can learn everything from the basics to advance aspects of your favorite adobe applications all for one low monthly subscription fee visit byol.me forward slash philip p-h-i-l-i-p again that's byol.me forward slash philip i just know you're going to be amazed at bring your own laptops courses First of all, I have to congratulate you on your copywriting on your website, because it's really, really <laughs> humanistic, uh, let me say, and very direct, which I think was awesome. A lot of people try to be too professional on their websites, I think. And you said, you know, I' sorry to disappoint you, but I'm not taking on client work. I'm really focusing on working with designers and creative people. So explain a little bit about, because I want to come back to your blog, but explain a little bit about what you're doing as far as coaching other creatives.
0: That hasn't really taken off yet. I'm mostly actually at the moment, I'm trying to get traffic to my website. Like I'm just trying to grow my blog, put content out there and so that I can do more things like that. But yeah, I think by the end of my poster challenge, I kind of just realized that like, I want to help other designers as opposed to me, like just continuing to put my art out there, I guess not to say that i'm just gonna stop doing it like altogether like i still have ideas and like different projects that i want to do in the future but i don't know i think there are a lot of designers that like they want to put their work out there but they just have this like fear of like rejection or like they just don't think they can do it or whatever the case may be and i just want to help other designers to kind of like do what i did i guess so that's kind of the path that i've chosen to take but yeah i guess ultimately i realized that i'm not like i'm not another people i don't know if you've heard of people he's been like putting work out there for like 14 or 15 years or something like that at this point and like by the end of it i was kind of done and i i i just realized i want to help other people mm. and i want to create that space like through a blog online with my website
1: When you're talking about your work, I just want to make an observation. When you're talking about your work, you talk about it as art. And for the most part, when looking at your work, your work comes across much more like an artist using graphic design digital tools as their medium. Do you think of your work as graphic design or do you think of it as fine art? I mean, you mentioned Beeple too, same thing. I mean, he is definitely more of an artist than a graphic designer. And when I looked at your work, first time I saw it, I saw, you know, a lot of David Carson in there and David Carson was like, you know, completely deconstructivist. And when it came to destroying the norms of graphic design and making it much more artistic, how do you look at your work in relation to those sorts of definitions?
0: I guess I would say that my work is more art. And I think that probably does stem from like my background because at university, I double majored in media communications and art. I think it is more art, but it has maybe like graphic elements because I really like typography as well.
1: Fine artists do type as well. So it's not like you can't use typography to do.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's true.
1: Let's talk about your blog a little bit. I took a quick look at your blog and you're doing some stuff on there like reviewing products. So you did something about computer bags and travel bags. How are you using your blog? How did you start and how has it kind of evolved? Because it looks like you're trying to monetize it at this point in terms of affiliate revenue. So I'd love to hear what you're thinking of as you've been developing that as a medium.
0: Yeah, I think my blog and my website I kind of want it to be like the main hub for designers who want to be graphic designers without a degree. So I want to talk about how to use software. So like Photoshop, obviously, is something I'm most familiar with. So right now, I'm mostly talking about Photoshop. And then also like the gear that you need. I'm going to also make blog posts on kind of like, I don't know, just having like the confidence to put your work out there and just having kind of like, Right mindset when it comes to these things. But yeah, I think what drew me into with blogging is that, yeah, you can more easily monetize it in like a more passive income kind of way. And I'm really drawn to that as well. And I think, I don't know, once I have kind of like that passive income coming in, then it'll free up more of my time so that I can do like more creative work. So yeah, that's kind of the thought behind my blog.
1: In your social media presence and followers kind of blowing up on TikTok and Instagram, what kind of opportunities have been presented to you because of that? Or what is the next step in that that you see for yourself?
0: I had a lot of uh, musicians reach out to me, actually, like for me to do album art and things like that. So I've had a lot of those types of people reach out to me, I would say for the most part. I also had... Thinkific, they reached out to me as well. And they wanted me to do kind of like a course for them. But I don't know, I've just been very like hung up on this like whole blog thing. And like, yeah, just having that space online for designers and cultivating a community. So I guess in the future, I just want to develop like more of a community. And I don't know, I have a lot of ideas for my website, but I want to also like feature different designers on my website too just front and center on the homepage, just to help them get even more exposure. So that's kind of, in a way, the relationship that I see with my followers in the future, I guess, like it's still kind of unfolding and developing as time goes on. But yeah, those are like my thoughts at the moment.
1: Couple other questions. Are you building an email list, number one? And number two, or how are you driving traffic to your website? Are you repurposing your content or cross-posting it on LinkedIn or Facebook? Or how are you driving traffic to the original blog on the website? And are you building a list through you know, lead magnets or any of that nature?
0: Yeah. So I have some forms on my website where people can put their email in. And I actually made like an ebook. I forget how many pages it is, but it's like your first five steps to become a graphic designer. And I just kind of wrote that out. And so if you put your email in, you get that for free sent to your email. I've been collecting emails through that. And then mainly in order to get traffic, I've mostly been focusing on guest posting. So just networking and building relationships and just trying to get backlinks while also writing my own content so right now my goal is just to post like one blog post a week on my own blog and as soon as I can I would like to like hire a writer and also somebody to help me continue to build links and yeah just continue with that so that's kind of my strategy with this so yeah
1: Awesome. Well, I encourage anybody who's listening to go check out Janine's blog, because it's very cool. And you go pretty deep into some of these things. I was looking at a blog post you had just recently on how to remove backgrounds in Photoshop, which I thought was amazing because you covered like five different ways. And I was like, I've been using the same stupid way that's so time consuming for so long. I was like, this is exactly what I needed. So Janine's posting some killer shit right now. So you definitely got to check that out. What do you see in the future for in graphic designer in terms of aesthetics, in terms of trend or anything that you're seeing on social media or movement in graphic design that you think is uh, important for other creative professionals paying attention to?
0: I've been very interested in artificial intelligence, like going back to Chris Doe again, he's been posting a lot of stuff on LinkedIn where he's been doing like these experiments in something in this software called MidJourney and I haven't used it yet. I would like to experiment with it, but I'm very like interested to see how that's gonna be utilized in the future because I can see that being like a, an extremely, probably like useful tool for designers. But it's scary though, because it's like these strange beings, like robots that are like creating art. And like, it's sometimes it's like shockingly good. Yeah, I've been very interested in that. Otherwise, I guess I guess just like 3D and animation, I think people are generally just like more drawn to that as well in terms of trends. I think personally, I'm mostly kind of like interested in seeing where artificial intelligence goes because even with my own blog, I'm using artificial intelligence to help me write my blog posts, like just at a faster pace. So yeah, people already use this for copywriting. So how is that gonna look for like digital artists in the future? Yeah, are people going to pay like even less for people to do design work because they can just get like a robot to do it for them? Like, I just have so many questions about this and I'm really interested to see like how this unfolds.
1: I think everybody in the profession is. And I know that a lot of illustrators are quaking in their boots as they look at what Mid-Journey AI is doing. And you know, also the introduction of Canva and Adobe Express and all the template-driven design that's making Your more rudimentary sort of social media graphics, extremely easy to produce by just about anyone to look halfway decent. So there is a lot of that encroachment on our industry, I think. Well, Janine, it's been awesome talking to you. And so I always end with, I didn't hip you to this, but I always end with the rapid fire round of 10 questions. I told you I was going to ask you one that was really heavy, which I told you about in an email, but I'm going to ask you 10. And so I need just like one or two word answers. You ready? What's your spirit animal? A wolf. Morning person or night person?
0: Morning person.
1: Beach or mountains? Mountains. Dog person or cat person? Cat person. What's your secret talent most people don't know you can do?
0: I think I'm good when it comes to like playing instruments maybe. Like I it kind of comes naturally.
1: Okay. Favorite song of all time?
0: Chocolate by the 1975.
1: Okay. I have to give you props because you are the second person who didn't have like a five-minute pause. So you are second on the draw in terms of answering that quickly. So kudos to you. What's your favorite place in the world?
0: The mountains.
1: What's the one thing you would love to master?
0: Probably like electric guitar. Like I said, I'm interested in music as well. So
1: What's the one thing that you would tell your 20-year-old self? And I know you're like 24 right now. So like that's like only a handful of years ago, right? stop
0: taking things so seriously, probably.
1: Okay, and the final one, which I did tell you I was gonna ask, which is, do you have a personal mantra or a manifesto that you try to live your life by?
0: Yeah, I think I have a couple, but I think something that probably sums up my like poster design challenge is just focusing on the process and not the product. Like not attaching yourself to kind of like external things and just enjoying, like having fun with whatever you do. You know, I don't know when you have fun with something and you put it out into the world, like other people feel that essentially in a nutshell, just focusing on the process and not the product, not making it about external things, just focusing on yourself and having fun and being authentic.
1: Awesome. Great answer. So, Janine Hendricks, is great for you coming on the show and talking to me today. I really appreciate it. So, if people want to get in touch with you or see your work, where do you want them to go?
0: So, you can go to my website, my blog. It's JanineDesignsDaily.com. And then on social media, I'm on like pretty much every platform. LinkedIn, I'm Janine Designs or Janine Hendricks. On Instagram, I'm at Janine Designs. TikTok, at Janine Designs. And then on Twitter, Twitter is the only one that I wasn't able to get at Janine Designs. So it's at Janine underscore designs.
1: Well, thanks again for talking to us, Janine. Really appreciate your coming on.
0: Yeah. Thanks so much for reaching out to me. This is awesome.
1: If you'd like to help support the Brand Design Masters podcast, please rate and review us on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Also, if you want to stay up to date on all our content, products, courses, and live video shows, head over to philipvandusen.com muse and sign up for the Brand Muse newsletter. That's where we share all the latest news, resources, articles, books, and videos that we recommend to help you build and improve your creative practice, personal brand, and business. That's philipvandusen.com muse, M-U-S-E. Thanks again for listening. Bye for now.